Welcome to Beyond the Small Talk, podcast for leaders and educators, hosted by me, Andrew Howie, and you, Alice Beveridge. On our show, we delve deeper than the surface level small talk and explore the important topics of well-being and self-care in the education sector. We understand the challenges and demands that come with being a leader or educator, and our goal is to provide you with some practical tips, strategies and resources to help you prioritise your own well-being while still excelling in your role. So join us as we discuss a variety of topics related to self-care, mental health and work-life balance with experts and educators who have first-hand experience navigating these issues. Let's take a step beyond the small talk and prioritise our own well-being so that we can be the best version of ourselves for our students and our colleagues. Hello, Alice. How are you this week? It's delightful to see you. I'm good, thank you. Just about ready for my October holiday. How are you? I am I am exactly the same. We're recording this on the Friday. We'll put it out on the Monday, which is the start of our October holidays. So uh, whilst we're recording this today, next week there won't be an episode because we'll be on holiday. Are you going anywhere nice? I'm going up to see my parents with the kids for a few days. So we're having a little local holiday this time, but looking forward to that, to be honest with you. What about yeah, you, anyway? Uh, I think we'll go down south to see my in-laws. So while well, you're going up north, I'll be going down south. But uh, I think we'll just do things around the house and just keep it keep it quite local. Hopefully it stays dry. Get outside, get off my phone and uh, maybe read some books. We've not yeah, talked about I've... books for a while, Alice. I know. Do you know, I just haven't really read much since I came home from holiday because I don't think my feet have touched the ground this term. Too busy. Have you read, yeah. have a read of, well, Lessons in Chemistry? Oh, I've read it. Did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. It's weird because my mum's a chemist, so so much of it I was like, oh, was this my mother's experience sort of going through it? And then when I spoke to her, she's like, little bits of that were slightly closer to the bone than I would care to. Oh care my to goodness. The, the, the TV series, I think, maybe starts tonight. I think it's coming on to Apple TV tonight, the, the, the series. And the other one I read was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Is it good? I've almost picked really that good. one up a really number good. of times. It was recommended to me by a teacher friend uh, who just said, it's brilliant, you'll love it, it's really good. And I was like, I think that's a quote. I think that's from Macbeth, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And I thought, I've said that in a play at some point. And then I realised I didn't just say it in a play the reason I know it is because it's a line in Hamilton tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day and that's how I knew it it wasn't from Macbeth at all it was from the words of Lin-Manuel Miranda well let's let's just be honest and admit that he is right up there with Shakespeare in terms of lyrical genius I might watch Hamilton over the break that's maybe what I'll do Alice get my my start a movement Start a movement. Start a movement, indeed. So, so, yeah, and- so it's, it's all good. It's all good. I've had a busy week. I've been out delivering um, big sessions in terms of the numbers. So my voice is a wee bit tired as well. So I, I forgive. I've, I've thought I've had a cold. I've been under the weather. So I feel like my voice is just uh, needing a wee break. Yeah. And just before we started recording, we were kind of just reflecting on the last few weeks because... It feels like no time at all since we came back after summer holidays, but also it like summer seems months ago, like forever ago. And yeah, but I know that my feet haven't touched the ground, your feet haven't touched the ground. And actually the topic for today's discussion comes from something that we've been reflecting on sort of over the last few weeks generally, isn't it, Andrew? Yeah, I think from our discussions when we're in schools, when we speak to, we've got many friends who are teachers who are in education and family who are in different settings. So yeah, the, the discussions 
at this time of year, maybe it just happens at this time of year, but sometimes the, the, the positives within the teaching industry or the profession, the practice, are quite hard to see when the dark nights start rolling in. Yeah, and do you know, I'll be honest, I think having been a teacher myself and you'll have been through it all, I think we know that there's pinch points throughout the year. But if I'm really honest, I would say some of these pinch points that I would usually see end of November, December, January seem to have been appearing this year, September, October. And, and yeah. I was going to say, I I realise I'm not a teacher anymore, right? So I me talking about teachers and, and the discussions and, and some of them finding it quite difficult at the moment. I have to say, I that's not why I left teaching. I left teaching because a job came up at Tree of Knowledge and my background is in theatre and it kind of was something that I wanted to really do. So that that was the progression that I wanted more so than than um, becoming a deputy head teacher. That was the, the, the direction I wanted to go in my life at that point. I never felt like, do you know what, teaching's not the right job for me. I'm not enjoying it. That was never a thought I had. I just saw an opportunity for a sort of something a little bit different. Um, but but many people, it seems like that that thought of is this the right thing to be doing? It seems like it's the what are the the, the pros and the cons? Because at the moment it's really difficult. So it, whilst I'm not in teaching, I didn't leave teaching for that reason. But it seems like there's lots of things at the moment which are causing people to have those thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I am seeing it through coaching as well. I think, I've, I mean, every time I do coaching sessions, regardless of what industry it's in, there's usually a percentage of people that are maybe at the point where they're either winding down towards retirement or they're saying maybe it's time to look at other options or things like that. But I have seen a real significant increase over the last year or two of people actively looking for ways out of the profession and it scares me and it worries me and of course in those sessions my job is to help support them and whatever their next career stage is but I think when I look at this more globally we're starting to tap into a bit of a problem that for me and you has been a point of concern really hasn't it? Yeah, and you're seeing that, we were seeing that from the point of view of discussions or coaching sessions, but also from other work we do in other industries, the number of people who have just left teaching to take up a new profession. So we're seeing it from lots of different angles. Um, and in fact, that was the message I sent you yesterday, wasn't it? I started with a, a new cohort. I do some, well, in fact, both of us work on um, a number of pro programmes within the tech industry where we do lots of people development while they're doing technical training to transition into tech. And over, uh, I've been running these programmes for about the last four years, since just before COVID, and every cohort that we bring in, and I'm now talking, I think I'm on to my 40th or 50th cohort with these people, I'm seeing an increasing number of teachers coming through those programmes. And what is it that they're getting within the tech sector? Because that's a huge jump um, from being in a classroom, but what are those things that, that, that's coming along with that? Is it the work-life balance? Is it the rewards? Is it the, the the safety? I don't know. There's so many different aspects. But yeah, concern for me, Alice, I'll tell you why, because my children go to Scottish schools and are in education and they've got absolutely amazing teachers. And see, when they get to secondary school, I want the amazing teachers to still be there. I don't want them to have left to go somewhere else. And that's really difficult because because the job is 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 hard and um, so we need them to remain in place and you know what i think if you're listening to our podcast you care about education you care about the profession you're listening to us because you're trying to think about your own development so 
I'm hoping that the people that are listening to us, um, well, I want them to stay in the school. I want them to still be there. And I think this is where, like, I've even noticed some of the t- conversations that we've had over the last few weeks have been, how do we get our mojo back? How do we deal with toxicity? And yes, we want to be here to provide support for these day-to-day challenges that we have. But, well, let's face it, Andrew, you, you got some time yesterday to go for a walk and your brain went a little bit into overdrive, didn't it? It did. I was delivering last night, uh, six till nine. So uh, I had the day to to sort of go about and do other things. So I was, I'm not, that mental space is something which I think I've spoken about. I've not really been able to switch off from things for a wee while. So Sue and my wife had rejoined me at the gym. So I went back up and I sat and I just sat down in the sauna and I, I read in the sauna. I quite like reading because I can't stand the heat, but I like, like so I'll read and I'm reading a book. Sorry, I need to pause for a minute. Are you reading like an actual book? In yeah, the I sauna? just dropped a light there. That was the bang. I'm reading an actual hardback book in the sauna. I'm that guy, Alice. Um, oh, do you know, I saw somebody doing yoga in the sauna the other day and I was like, what is going on? Have but, you ever seen someone just... shave in the sauna? No, I did not yeah. know that this was a thing. Sorry, listeners. It's not a thing. It's, it's really forbidden. There's lots of signs about it. But when you're in there and someone's shaving, you're like, well, I don't really want to tell them. No, you're all right. I'd be straight out of there. I'd have cancelled my gym membership on the way out the door if that was the case. So I, I was sitting in the sauna reading my book, which is called The Power Hour. Now, The Power Hour is a brilliant book, Adrian Herbert, and it's I read it at a time when I was in education and I needed to do my master's dissertation. And the book, really, there's so many messages in it. One of them is, see if you don't have enough hours in your day to do what you want to do get up earlier and do it because you should want to jump out of bed and be excited about the things that are going on. If you're snoozing, you're kind of delaying your life for 10 minutes, like get up and do the things. So I read that when I was doing my master's and I made it, I got up and I'd done the things that needed to be done. And it's talking about like the night before, lay out all the stuff. So I would set up my desk and I would have my books, my research, my papers, the pens, the laptop, everything ready, and I'd get up and, and dive into it. So I took a lot away from the book at that point about doing things. But it's also about mindset and what we can think about and the things that we can challenge. Um, it's positive. It's such a positive book. Something that jumped out to me is maybe in the course of a day, you say 7,000 words. I reckon I say more than that. But in the course of a day, if you say 7,000 words, make them positive words like be positive so melon in the sauna thinking all this through i'm like right we're going to talk about something which is not the most positive subject but then we're a positive organization we're positive people so how do we impact it instead of just talking about this as part of a podcast what can we actually do to make things better and that's a huge huge ambition that's a big thing uh, so it was exciting, but also I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's more and than there. Yeah, what can we do to make it better? And it's really interesting because it's something that I do with corporate clients quite regularly. Like we have a, a, a section of courses that's often like the magic wand bit where we're like, right, if you had a magic wand, what are all of the things we would do? What are all of the things we would change? What would we do differently? what would we do more of, what we would we get rid of. And it's all really grounded in the sort of Rittle and Weber notion of wicked problems, because I think what we've got going on in Scottish education right now is what we would define as a wicked problem. 
And Andrew, are you up to up to speed on your on your wicked problems? Do we know what a wicked problem is? Not really. I'm thinking it's when uh, just before the interval and in the musical where where Elphaba doesn't take off and the the rig breaks. I think that's that's a wicked problem when she's meant to fly and she doesn't. <laughs> that's, fly. A, that's a very specific musical theatre wicked problem. Yes, but in the wider world, outside of the the joy of musical theatre. Wicked problems are essentially problems with many interdependent factors that make them seem almost impossible to solve. And because these factors are often incomplete or they're in flux or they're difficult to define, solving this type of problem really requires a deep understanding of the stakeholders involved. And then it needs innovative approaches in order to help us look at them think about them, change them, and ideally find ways of solving a problem which otherwise we might think of as being unsolvable. Yeah, this is a wicked problem. And I think that's the the thing that I want to, like, let's have a look at it. I was working with a housing organisation who were in sort of care and housing, and one of their visions was to identify policy that they could influence in terms of how do we make this better for people? Um, well, what are the policies that are not right for for an education and teachers? And we're not we're not attached to an organisation or an authority in terms of like let's because if you're working in the authority and things don't work for you, how difficult is it to put your head above the 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 surface and and raise a concern? It's really hard, really difficult. So, what is there things that we can do to help? I don't know. A wicked problem, Alice. I'm thinking of that stolen focus when it's about your use of your social media and mobile phones right it's okay for me on a small scale to think i'll put my phone down but see on a global scale that's so hard because the tech the industry is so powerful so we can make things better for individual teachers through coaching and through our workshops and that's brilliant and it does really help these workshops that we do are so impactful but on a bigger scale that that helps everyone but what does that look like yeah, and I think this is where if we if we think about how we influence or impact anything, you know, we talk to, to middle leaders every day or to aspirational leaders or to leaders of school, what are you doing? And we can make a little difference in our school, in our local authority. But I think the problem that we are up against is much, much bigger than that. And it's impacting everybody that's working within education, regardless of your role in education. So yeah, I think we need to take a moment and say, right, what is our magic wand here? How do we even start to break this down? What can we influence? What can't we influence? What do we need to group together in order to change? You know, and, and I know there's been moments of this over the last few years in terms of strike action regarding pay in terms of conditions. But I'm talking bigger than that. I'm talking about how do we revolutionise Scottish education not only so our children and young people are getting the best learning experience in the world. And people say oh, that's very aspirational. Why not? Why do we not want to have the best education system in the world? We, those were the words that came through Curriculum for Excellence when it was initially being positioned. I remember that at university being told we have one of the best education systems in the world. And I'm like, okay, obviously how we measure that matters. But one measurement that I would use time and time again to see how good something really is is how are the people that are delivering that thing actually doing and more and more 
those people aren't doing so well. So we need to do something. Something needs to change. We do. We've been so fortunate to speak to to people in different schools and settings and roles. And, and it's a maybe a moment to sort of pause and go back to that discussion with Stephen Bullock in terms of that innovation and creativity and bringing joy to the profession. And what are our superpowers and how do we get how do teachers get a chance to showcase them? We've got so many different people that we could possibly go and speak to. Like, who, who do we need to chat to to sort this out? I think we're going to spend a bit of time, or certainly I know we're on holiday, but I think what we maybe need to do is think up, right, who's our next targets? Who are we going to go and speak to? Who are we going to have conversations with? Who are these people that have similar visions and values that that want to help? Now, I'm hoping there'll be some listeners who want to, who this will go, right, absolutely. Andrew and Alice, go and do this. Uh, well, give us a message. Come and join us. Let us know how we can, or what, what we need to do. And that's exactly what I was about to say. I think this is a problem that's bigger than something that just me and you can solve. So we want ideas from our listeners. We want who should we be talking to? Who should we be interviewing? Who should we be having collaborative professional dialogue with? And how should we be sharing that so that we can really start to make sure that we're not just providing patches to hold it all together. We're really looking structurally at what is going on. How do we fix it and how do we make things better? Because Alice and I have the energy, the enthusiasm. We've got the, the we've got the desire to do this. So um, we we're going to try and do it and, and make it better for everyone. And it might be a great big unachievable dream that we're setting ourselves out for. But do you know what? These conversations have been about our professional learning up until now. I think it's now about professional action. Yes, I love it. There was also a bit in the book which was about the difference between action and activity. Activity is like doing something that passes the time, but action is getting up and actually making a change. So you kind of hit on another bit of the book that I was reading in the sauna yesterday. <laughs> Can you stop putting this image of you in the sauna in my head? Because I'm not going to recover from it. <laughs> Can you imagine if you go in and someone is reading a book in there today? It's uh -huh. a good way of spending the time, Alice. So, Andrew, I think it's time for us to set ourselves some homework. Often at the end of one of our podcasts, we are looking at how do we give other people practical tips to do X, Y and Z. I think it's actually time for us to set ourselves some homework of what is our commitment? What are we going to do in order to start tackling this wicked problem? And we need to keep in our mind, right, that problems like this are not going to be fixed in one podcast episode. This is a mission that could potentially last a lifetime. Problems like this can take a really long time to evaluate. And solutions are not right or wrong. No, solutions are really about, does it make something better or does it make something worse? We need to think about how every solution sort of ramifies throughout the system. How does it get out there? What impact does it have? And then we're gonna have to think about how do these problems connect to each other? Because at the moment we can't even quite put our finger on what the problem is, because all we're seeing just now is the outcome. You know, we're seeing the tiredness, we're seeing the burnout, we're seeing the people leaving, we're seeing people being more exhausted than ever before. So we need to, I think we need to start with just trying to work out what is actually going on? What is the problem? What is happening? How are people feeling? Because I know that there will be lots of people that are listening going, do you know what, in my school things are great. Amazing. See if in, in your school right now, everything is great. Can you please come and talk to us? Please come and tell us what it is that you're doing that is, is helping make things great because so many of the organisations that we're working with, it's not the same picture. 
And I think all of this, Alice, because our vision at Tree of Knowledge, the thing that's on the wall since the moment I started, the vision it says is simple. Our vision is simple, inspire the world. So I feel that all of this ties into exactly what we believe at, at Tree of Knowledge. It's about it's about inspiring, it's about uplifting, it's about fun. It's 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 just part of what we we aim to do. And and yeah, it all ties together. Um, but yeah, let's let's come up with a plan. Okay, so Andrew, I think that is our homework for today. And if now, any of the listeners want to get involved, you are more than welcome to contribute to our plan. But I think our number one piece of homework here, Andrew, is we need to come up with a plan. Right, and I'm going to keep reading around. I'm going to try and think about who we want to speak to specifically, uh, how we'll get them involved, and yeah, what what maybe like code names or something like that, like a logo for a plan. We don't need that. We don't need that. Is that that's procrastinating? Like, just focus on the plan. Focus on the problem at hand. Don't create additional work for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, right, that's a good a good way, right? So we're going on holiday, but our minds will be working. We'll take a week off, so you won't have a podcast uh, coming out next week. If you've not listened to some of our previous podcasts, go back. If you've got the time, go and listen to some of them. And um, really up there high, the 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 how to be imperfect conversation with Steve Mumby. If you've never listened to that, give it a listen. Uh, difficult conversations, positive leaders. There's loads there to go and and sort of dive into. Brilliant. Right, Andrew, do you know what? I feel more motivated going into my holiday than I did before we started this conversation. So once again, this podcast has already served its purpose because it was all about how we stop and reflect and see what's going on. But go and have a brilliant holiday. Keep that mind ticking over. I fully expect I'm going to get random voice notes from you at random times over the next week because that's <laughs> how we communicate these days. Yes. Um, and we will come back, we will put our heads together and we will start working out what our action plan will be. Perfect. I shall see you then. Have a great holiday.